Before we get started, um, I just want to ask everyone who's listening, if you find the podcast or this episode helpful, please share, so like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you're listening. Uh, leave a review if you can. It really helps to get the podcast out to whoever it can help. And um, the easiest way for you guys to help me get more listeners is uh to share it with people that you think it'll help. So um, I really appreciate it. And um, on to the show. This is the Cherished You Podcast. I am your host, Rama. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me today. Um, so I took off um, I took off a week to kind of um, kind of deal with myself. Uh, the second full week in June is historically uh, one of the most triggering weeks of the year for me, just as a whole, there's a lot of my life events kind of my for a lot of my the formative events of my life in my adult life happened during that week. Why I don't know. Um, I did actually just realize though that it is a 24th week of the year, so there may be some significance to that. But um, so I took um, I took off last week as I was dealing with just. My mental health was a little bit in the toilet and just a lot of stuff coming up for me that I needed to make room for and um, to kind of deal with and process and, you know, move through. So I gave myself that time. And as I was coming out of it and I was planning on what I wanted to record for the next few weeks, um, I kind of just kept getting hit with the same topic over and over again. And it, it doesn't happen, um, actually, I, that's not true. It actually happens to me pretty often. And that's usually how I know um, what the next, you know, few weeks of work, both for myself and what I'll be sharing, usually is. And if it's coming up for me, it's, I don't think I'm an anomaly. It must be coming up for other people, which is why I feel compelled to talk about it. And this, I think the, the whole process of having to almost, I was almost forced into taking last week off because I was actually planning on recording last week. And then it, I was just getting hit with one thing after another, after another. And then, you know, my, my body just wouldn't allow me to, I could not get myself to even from my bed to set up my, my, to open up my laptop and set up my equipment enough to be able to talk into a microphone. I couldn't do it. And usually I, I know now that I'm not that's not a normal state for me. And whenever something like that happens where um, something I want to do and I cannot get myself to do it, instead of blaming it on my brain or blaming it on uh, circumstance or whatever, I'm just, I just take it as permission to, to 
to rest and to let and to be. And that's what I did. And it prompted, and I think that that space allowed me to kind of receive this next kind, um, this next set of the next work I have to do. And for me, like it, it's nothing new. It's something I've been working around, but I have what this this last week, what it really prompted in me was just this feeling of impending doom. And if you um, are part of the psychological field in any way in, in the United States or pretty much training trained in that in any sense, anywhere, social worker, uh, psychologist, psychologist, psychiatrist, whichever form it comes in, therapist, the sense of impending doom is one of those um, feelings that is at, um, at, um, actually medically defined. And it's usually a, uh, a marker of some serious feelings of depression. Uh, and for some people, it's, it's company with suicidal thoughts, um, homicidal thoughts. It's, it's, um, it's a really, uh, it, it's, a, it's a pathological feeling, um, at least, you know, when it's pathologically defined. And for me, over the years of having been, having had depression for as long as I have, because I do so much to manage it, I know that when it shows up for me, it really does, it's not so much, um, and it, it, there's something that requires my attention and that's why the feeling shows up. And because I was um, so dysregulated last week, so as much as it was because of everything that was coming up for me, the I needed to wait a few days to see what whether that feeling was just associated because it's you know it's a historically bad week for me or um is there something that my nervous system is remembering that is um that this feeling is trying to bring my attention to or is there something else and the 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 common theme that kept coming up was um, that I I felt powerless. I have been having this uh, this feeling of powerlessness in my life because of just the systems involved, and I am seeing it everywhere now, everywhere. And again, it's kind of like one of those things where you, when you start, to, when you become aware of something, it does show up everywhere for you. But I've been aware of the perils of capitalism for a really long time. This is not new for me. Um, there's been at least 10 years of this for me. And I, I think because I'm starting to gain, um, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to find um, threads that connect me to other people on the anti-capitalist spectrum that I'm starting to f uh, like feel a, a bit more inclined toward how, what do I do now? Like I have this thing, the, the world isn't working, what can I do? And I think that's part of the reason why I'm so um, compelled to watch and consume um, media around cults. Um, I've after watching Shiny Happy People, which is not my first cult documentary, by the way. It was like my 80th at least. Um, and I'm finding, you know, other new things to watch. But I found a lot of TikTokers who are now talking about, um, uh, who are um, 
you know, survivors of cults and, um, you know, they're uh, threading things together that we see in our everyday, showing how much of our society has cult-like features. And it keeps bringing me back to the same thing over and over again, which is we, the one thing that a lot of us have a hard time calling out even though we recognize the vast inequities of our lives and of society as a whole and everything the way it's currently constructed is just so massively rigged against the majority of us. But so many of us also have such a hard time calling out the actual problem for what it is. And the problem is capitalism. Like we have issues with white supremacy and race. We have issues with class, well, you know, your social status, how much money you make. We have issues with um, your gender identity, whether you're straight or you're anything else. Um, we have uh, uh, your uh, sexual orientation. Sorry. Then there's a gender identity, either you're cis or you're not. Not like, and there's oh, this the separation of those of those things. This con all of these different social mechanisms that exist and that separate us that. Um, cause us to get isolated, that cause us to break apart, that cause us to feel like it's us versus them, that there's you and then there's me and I cannot coexist with you unless you are like me. All of these things are built on the foundation of capitalism. The underlying problem to all of this, and by the way, narcissism is the, the, the other large umbrella that exists. There's capitalism and then narcissism is its most faithful foot soldier. They, and all of this is coming from what, like just experiencing life in this moment and understanding that there are things that we have to do in order to survive, which is so dumb because this earth provides everything we need to survive. And if we had, if we were allowed to commune with each other in the way that we have, have been intended to by nature, God, whatever, whatever you want to call it, um, the way this earth is set up, we are meant to work with each other, yet we keep getting split apart. Why are we keep getting split apart? Why are we, why are we being forced into a situation where we cannot join together. That where, what does our coming together represent that we are being forced to be apart? And part of it is, yes, I, I grew up in a narcissistic household with a malignant narcissist as a parent, as the, as the head parent of the household, which was not my father, by the way, it was my mother, um, even though technically my father was the breadwinner, but it, the head of my household was my mother, and she is a malignant narcissist, and she ran her family like a cult, and I was always the one that stuck out like a sore thumb. And if it's not for any other reason than I... For some reason, I have always, for for a large part of my consciousness, and I and I'm going back to, like my earliest memory of feeling something was wrong was like I was seven or eight years old. So the vast majority of my life, I have seen, at least sensed that what what was in front of me was not the whole story. What was what was being told to me? What I was what I was supposed to believe and how I was supposed to act all of those things I was supposed to do my role was not my role like some reason I felt like my role was I I, I just didn't fit
and being um being that kind of person coming out of that kind of situation I guess I do see things through that lens it is obvious that I do but it's hard not to see it through that lens when it shows up everywhere in and all the information that I have read about cults and everything that I know about narcissism, there are, they're just two shades of the same kind of gray. They're not even two sides of the same coin because that's not even necessarily what it is. It's just, there's never been a cult that didn't exist with the underlying um, premise of having a narcissist at, at its helm. And narcissism cannot exist without capitalism's um, and in, in without w without capitalism in order for capitalism to survive narcissists must exist and this goes back to an episode that I recorded way early on um, which is to say that we're all victims of narcissistic abuse because we fundamentally live in a narcissistic culture whether you have been um, had direct one-on-one -on -one experience with the narcissist is almost irrelevant because you most likely have but the system itself this capitalist system that we all live in is inherently narcissistic. They are the same thing. It's just narcissism is the word when you see it as a personality trait. Capitalism is when it's an economic system that disenfranchises everybody except for a select few. Who, by the way, the capitalists, the billionaires, the ones making the most bang for their buck off of our backs are the most narcissistic. You cannot be a billionaire without being heavily narcissistic. That literally is not possible, yet it is also harmful for them. Capitalism is also a harmful system for the people who succeed in it as much as the people it takes from. And I was, all of this kind of came through for me, again, after this kind of week where I was heavily dis dysregulated and I, you know, I went back into a lot of old patterns because I, it took me, a few days to realize exactly why I was experiencing the way that experienced, like why my nervous system was so out of whack. I could not figure out why it started. And, um, and once I figured out why I had to kind of just wait and I had to, I had to just wait for the time to pass. I had to just give my nervous system some space to finally calm down and get back to normal before I could do or think clearly and what came back to me is this thing that always happens to me when I get when I when I'm going through a triggered phrase uh, phase is that I always feel this deep sense of loneliness that comes from not having family. And part of it is yes, because I ha I have I am no contact with my nuclear family. Part of it is because even if I was in contact with them, I would still be um, just as, if not more lonely than I am now without them because that's what, um, they. it was not a healthy family unit. We were forced to be separated within that unit as it was. So it was not like it was a place that I could turn to for comfort. But also really underneath it all was this, um, it, it was really just this frustration with the fact that I have almost literally traveled the world looking for my looking for my family. I've again, as long as I've known that my 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 nuclear family that I was born into wasn't right, like it didn't quite function the way that it was supposed to. 
Um, I also know that my, my actual family, the family of my heart is not going to be people that I am related to by blood. These are going to be the people I choose to be in my life. What's frustrating is that I haven't found them yet. I found them in glimmers. Like they've been portions of my life where I've had that. And I, the reason that I know that I'm looking for that is because I have practiced it so to speak. You know, the friendships I've had throughout my life without the interference of my mother or any of my family members have been some of the most supportive and most loving and safe spaces that I've had throughout my life. Through very tumultuous times, by the way, those people were there for me when I didn't know what it was like to have people show up for me. And they, you know, they loved me and understood me and knew me without any, um, without being ridiculed or ostracized or demeaned or um, any of those things. It was just like safe, comforting, um, inclusive places. And we, you know, we ran the gamut from all different shapes, sizes, forms, everything. Um, and those are the, those are the pieces that I take with me because what I also know is that eventually I will find my family. I'm just frustrated right now that I have not found them. And it happens whenever I go through really uh, dysregulated times that I do feel isolated. I do get this sense of impending doom where I am all by myself in this really nasty world and all I want is some people that I can rely on. And all of this, that, that need for community, that need for support from people and not that don't have to be your family, just supportive relationships in general. That need is a very long-standing need that I've had that has, um, you know, except for, you know, a, a handful of times throughout my life that has been largely unfulfilled because I don't currently have that. And again, like I said, I feel like I'm still searching for it. And so I do keep, like, that's also part of the reason why I move a lot and I move a lot. Like, I, I, I'm not moving within the same state. I move states. I move countries. I move when I move. So um, that search for family, that search for community, that search for my people really comes from the fact that having grown up in a cult-like family with this malignant narcissist at the helm, then being put into society at large and then seeing that society for what it is, which is the, the, the cult of capitalism that forces us all to be against each other. And we only, only join together when we find somebody like us, when it's, um, you know, rather than just because we realize that we can be safe with another person. You must be like us in order to be safe. Where well, your safety is conditional. That um, that's not what I'm looking for. You know, that's not like that. I see my my cult like family's characteristics. I see throughout every like throughout society, and it it really makes me think, especially understanding that the that if. If capitalism is the foundation, and it is, on which everything that we know of right now is built, then the way to upend capitalism, the way to flip this entire thing on its head is to come together, is to understand that it is not you versus me, it's us versus the system. 
And the system's on its last legs. Like, it's so important to understand that when there's this much widespread understanding of the fact, and like, I'm talking about like, I'm not talking into a void. Sometimes it feels that way. My podcast is small. There's only a few people that really, like relatively speaking, there's a few people who are in this niche of have of being the oldest daughter of South Asian immigrants with a malignant narcissist as a, as a parent. Like this, this niche is pretty small. But even with that, what's so important to understand is that we didn't come into this situation in a vacuum. It exists on the foundation of capitalism, longstanding capitalism. We have all been damaged by it. And when you're immigrants from anywhere, but if you're South Asian, we personally have had to deal with colonialism as much as uh, Africans have. And I, I'm saying Africans as a whole because, you know, you know, the white people did not leave any part of Africa un unencumbered from when it came to providing for their for their labor needs. They did that. They've done the same thing with South Asians. They've done the same thing with Asians in general. They've done they've done that with anybody who wasn't white. They've done that with other white people, and white people can't see it. So all of this to say like this whole kind of rant today and it is I, I do feel like it's a little bit of a rant and it's also a little bit of a clarification because i've been kind of going back and forth on how do i make a difference and also stand by my really inherent values of like this the system needs to go like we 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 are at a point now where we need to understand that we can change this it, this is not how it needs to be we do not need to fight for our survival um like like the way we have and not when our it, it's an artificial scarcity like we, there really is no like we're, our planet is not going to be a lot around much longer the way it's currently constructed if there is not a massive like fundamental change that comes through and that starts with us as humans recognizing that hey this we don't need to live like this this system has not been around so long that we don't know how to go back to the ways that used to work community is the way that we've always survived and this isolation where it's uh, you versus me within the same house within the same town within the same state within the same country like you, we are all separated on such a micro level that at a macro level we're just killing each other and it's not necessary and i'm and i'm i'm over it and i wanted and i wanted to make this space something more proactive like healing your own trauma is great, but I want my life to be a testimony to my values. And my value underneath it all is that my relationship with you is not dependent on what you provide for me. I am not here to leech you of your resources in order to make myself feel better. We, re we are in relationship to each other because we are humans and we are in relationship to each other, the same way we are in relationship to the earth and everything that lives on it. And that is enough. I'm in relationship to you because you exist and I exist. And that is enough. You do not need to provide me with something and I don't need to provide you with something in order for that relationship to be a valid one. In order for me to come through for you when you need something and you to come through for me when I need something, that is because we are both in existence at the same time that should be enough. And I wanted, 
like that's always kind of been my my point like the whole point of healing your trauma is not to uh, it's to like it just wasn't to just you know feel good about yourself sure you will but that's only because we're surrounded by things that tell us that we're not supposed to feel good about ourselves I don't even know if that makes any sense the way that I'm saying it but I really just want to make this at least my 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 corner of the internet it's my little space and then I get to decide what I want to put here. And I wanted this to be a space that yes, I want I want people to heal from the trauma of having narcissistic parents. But we cannot heal until the world is a place where narcissistic parents do not exist. They do not come nobody is born a narcissist. You do not come out of the womb expecting to hurt the children you bring into the world. Nobody comes into this space with that. Nobody does. So if I truly want us to be able to, for, for there to be a time on earth where people who are parents are people who actually want to be parents, who have the bandwidth and the capacity and the tools and the ability to be good parents because good parents are the lifeline on which any species is, is alive. But we're really the only ones that get to decide, hey, am I, like, we, we, get to, we get to decide if we're good or bad parents. And if that's my goal, I have to make sure that I am not only just creating space for people to heal their trauma, but I'm also creating space for them. Once you have gotten to a certain place where you can think outside of yourself and you have more bandwidth and capacity to go outside of yourself, what do you do? What does this work look like in your day-to-day -day life that can change, that can change things? And that's where this anti-capitalist stuff comes in. Because if you are going to heal from narcissism, you have to understand the worst narcissist is capitalism. That is the system on which we got our narcissistic parents. That is the reason why we go through our narcissistic phase. And a lot of us stay stuck there. Because if it's all about me, then I don't have to think about you. And it's just not how we were built. We're, we are community animals. We need each other. This is not meant to be a solo experience. And at the end of the day, you can have all the money in the world. You can have all the things that money can buy. But if you don't have the relationships that are going to make an impact when you leave, what was the point? What was the point? So I guess this podcast really just serves as kind of a redirection. I'm going to be kind of talking about the, the cult of capitalism in, in probably the next, within the next few episodes, because there's a lot of, I have a lot of thoughts on this, and it's just taking me a little bit of time to kind of organize them. Because, like, I've talked about social narcissism before, but really understanding that social narcissism is really just another term for, hey, all the shit that capitalism creates. Because that's really what it is. Like, we really need to understand that we are, the system that we're in is not the only system we have to live in. And it's, it's, it's time for us to realize exactly where we stand. Because this is not serving anybody. Believe me when I tell you, capitalism serves nobody. 
everyone can think, especially the ones at the top thinking that they're getting the best of everybody. And you know what, for the time being, yes, you are. But at the end of the day, you can try to go to another planet. But the same way that those people in the submarine, and I'm not trying to d diminish a tragedy or lo loss of lives, but if you're paying to go have the Titanic experience, then um, it, I, you guys are in the same boat as all of the billionaires trying to leave the planet while it's about to implode. We don't have any other place to go. There is nothing for us to lose to be like, you know what, fuck this shit. Fuck it. All right, so that is my rant for the day. If you listened all the way through, thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, and I will be expanding on some of this later on, especially the um, on the community side and um, also on the on the separation side, like every, all that divides us, unites us kind of deal. Like we're, we're going to be talking to two sides, you know, the two poles that we have to currently live on and, um, what we can do about it, you know, cause I think, I think there's more of us who want to change it than who want to live with it. And, um, I'm going to put my two cents into the barrel and see what happens. Thanks so much for listening guys. Talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Cherished You podcast. If you could please leave me a review, um, subscribe and share. It really helps get the podcast out to those who it will help the most.